guys, my name is Christina Basio, and I am a wife, a mom of twins, a businesswoman, an educator, a motivator, and your host of this podcast, Design a Life You Love, where the goal is to inspire you to live your best life physically, mentally, and emotionally. Welcome. Okay, first, I want to start off by saying there are over 1 million podcasts that you can choose from, and I need you to know that it means the world to me that you chose to listen to this one. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for that. Okay, so in this week's episode, I'm taking it back to my nerdy roots where I studied the brain in college for fun. Yeah, for fun. And I'm digging a little into the relationship between your brain exercise and healthy eating, how exercise improves brain functions, how attention affects your brain and essentially your behaviors, and how your brain drives what, how, and when we eat. In my previous episodes, I talk about how your thoughts and essentially your actions all start in your brain, your mind, right? Brain signaling drives everything you do. Today, the fitness coach in me is going to use science and information to motivate you with reasons why it's important to understand not only why exercise and healthy eating are good for your overall health, but how and why your brain is a major driving force behind it all. And I'm going to help you design a life you love just by wiring your brain the way you'd like. So let's start off with our first question. Is there a relationship between exercise and mental alertness? Researchers found a group of couch potatoes, measured their brain power, exercised them for a period of time, and then re-examined their brain power. They consistently found that when couch potatoes are enrolled in an aerobic exercise program, all kinds of mental abilities begin to come back online. Positive results were observed after as little as four months of activity. That's it. Now, questions arose, of course. What type of exercise must you do? How much of it must be done to get the benefit? So the not-so-good news, they found you really don't need much to see benefit. I mean, walking every day increased benefit over those who did nothing. But this is just a baseline of what the body is actually capable of achieving. The gold standard is aerobic exercise, 30 minutes, two to three times per week. Add in strength training and you get even more cognitive benefit. Now, of course, how much benefit depends on the person, you know, and what they're actually doing. But hey, if moving helps with things like long-term memory, reasoning, attention, and problem solving, I'm in. No wonder they refer to movement as a vital sign now. So exercise regulates the release of three important neurotransmitters that are most commonly associated with the maintenance of mental health. These are serotonin, dopamine, and norepinephrine. Now, I'm not saying exercise is a substitute for psychiatric treatment, but the role of exercise on mood is so pronounced that it's highly recommended to be incorporated into the normal course of therapy. All right, so exercise is good for the body and the brain. We've all heard it. We kind of figure that, right? But have you really let that sink in? I mean, I 
I've seen people drop their gym membership as the first thing to go during a tough time. And I'm not just talking about because of the pandemic we're going through right now. During a regular everyday life event, why is it that activities that keep you healthy, alert, and protecting your future self, those are the first to go? Yet the materialistic or habit-craving activities stay. I mean, it seems silly and irresponsible to me, honestly. One of the biggest reasons people give up a fitness program or a healthier food option is financial. Yet they're still paying that $399 per month lease for their car. They're still getting that latest iPhone or Android or Apple watch. And they're still buying that overly priced and highly sugary coffee from Starbucks. If it were me, I wouldn't give up the one thing I know will help my future self. Our future selves should be proud of us right now because of how highly we put our health, our body, and our mind ahead of everything else. I mean, is your future self proud of you right now? Exercise not only helps you get healthy, I mean, it improves your cognitive ability and your brain functions. Have you ever thought about what your life would be like 30, 40, 50 years from now when you're much older? I mean, will you still be able to walk? Will you still remember things or be able to play games with your grandkids or great-grandkids? Will you be able to pay attention to the things around you? To sum it all up, what will the quality of your life be? Physical activity is helpful not only because it creates new neurons in our brains, but because the mind is based in the brain and the brain needs oxygen. Cardiovascular exercise strengthens the heart and the blood vessels that supply the brain and helps people who engage in these activities feel mentally sharper. Whatever keeps the heart and blood vessels fit invigorates the brain, and this includes a healthy diet. So if you're not putting your health activities first, how can you ensure you're going to make healthier decisions? How can you ensure that you're going, you are doing and learning the things that will help you improve your life and get you, get you living the way you want or getting your future life to be the way you want? Healthy. So let's talk about attention. Our brains don't pay attention to boring things. As you listen to this episode, hopefully you're paying attention, <laughs> but as you listen to this episode, for example, There are millions of sensory neurons in your brain firing simultaneously, carrying messages, each attempting to grab your attention. Only a few will actually succeed in breaking through to your awareness, and the rest, well, they're going to get ignored either in part or fully. The messages that you do actually pay attention to are connected to your memory, interest, and your awareness. So, What you pay attention to is profoundly influenced by memory. Hmm. We use previous experience to predict where we should pay attention. Different environments create different expectations. So if your previous experiences didn't involve things like being active, like taking a walk after dinner or going to the gym three times a week, ordering a salad off the menu, or even watching workout videos at home, When something like that actually pops up in your environment, you're more likely than not going to ignore it. All right, so 
memory, you know, bringing up memories of things you've done in the past is going to influence your actions going forward. Now, when we talk about interest as it relates to paying attention, we know that interest or importance is closely linked to attention. More important events are given extra attention. So, for example, if you are now at a point in your life where you need to work out or get healthy, maybe your doctor scared you with a blood test result and told you it's vital to your health to start this routine. Now, when you see or hear something about fitness, you will more likely pay attention to it, right? You need that, quote, important sticker motivation. It's kind of like when the teacher says, now kids, this is really important. This you have to know for the exam. You start to pay attention. Now, when it comes to awareness, of course, we must be aware of something for it to grab our attention. But the senses play a big role here. I mean, just let the smell of a sweaty gym enter the room for a moment and see how your attention easily shifts to fitness. So, okay, so how does all of this relate to you and motivating you to pursue or continue on your healthy path? One, based on what we just learned, having some sort of significant or important reason for doing anything healthy, right, will help keep your attention on it. We are more likely to make healthier decisions if we are paying attention to it. Okay, tie it to something important, to something significant. And then you'll find it a lot easier to pay attention and start to incorporate the habits to a healthier life. Two, another way we can use this information to keep us committed or start to commit to a healthier action is tying the idea of working out or eating healthy to some sort of emotion. Emotionally arousing events tend to be better remembered than neutral events. And three, paying attention can also help you rewire or unwire the connections in your brain and alter the pattern you've been in. Attention is necessary for the brain to be in a state for change. Okay, so you need to be paying attention in order to rewire your brain to the way you want. And as with anything else, the longer and more consistent you are with an activity, such as exercise, the more the brain will adapt and change and hardwire itself to pay close attention to activities, events, or things that are associated with it. Now, let's talk about attention a little bit. Excessive screen time is contributing to increasingly shorter attention spans, which some behavioral scientists now estimate at around eight seconds. Now, this is controversial, I know, but this quote from a 2006 survey on media consumption was truly impactful. And it said, the true scarce commodity will be human attention. Just to put it into perspective, The average adult checks their phone 30 times per day. The average millennial checks their phone more than 157 times per day. So why is this so important? Well, when you consider the lost productivity when scrolling social media, our shrinking attention spans, and the caustic effects of comparison from seeing the stream of selfies that say, quote, I'm crushing life, it seems that 
what we are exposing ourselves and our visual senses to is super important if you wish for true change in your life. It's important to take note of how what you are seeing on social media affects what you pay attention to most. For example, if you are concerned for your health and you think running is the only answer to getting healthy, maybe it's because you're following um, someone on social media who looks fit, is healthy, but is only doing one thing, like running. Your brain will most likely pay attention to anything involving running because that's what you're mostly paying attention to. Same goes for fitspirational posts about how you can get healthy just by taking a magic pill and still sit on the couch. Now, all of a sudden, all you see on TV are magic pill ads. It must be a sign. Yeah, okay. All right, so what you're paying attention to most throughout your day is highly going to influence what you pay attention to everywhere else. So if you're looking to get healthy with healthy actions and eating healthy, you want to surround yourself with healthy things to pay attention to. All right, let's, let's shift our attentions to healthy eating for a second and how it affects our brain and actions. So if we look at the question, why are we eating so much food and why is it hard to stop? The answer lies, the, um, the answer lies in, and you guessed it, our brains, all right? Our brains dictate our food choices, which depending on the choices you make can lead to weight gain. Okay, so how do we take the power back? What really matters to your weight and overall health, of course, is what you do consistently. For example, what and how much you typically eat day after day. Your body has a system for managing your long-term energy and nutrient needs called the leptin feedback loop. Essentially, this hormone, leptin, that's released by fat tissue tells the brain how much energy we've just consumed and how much excess energy we have stored up as fat. The more body fat we have, the more leptin in our blood. The brain then makes decisions based on leptin levels about hunger, calorie intake, nutrient absorption, and energy use and storage. So if stored fat and leptin levels drop over time, it sends a message to the brain that we need to start preventing starvation. Thus, we get hungry, we get lazy, and our metabolism starts to slow down. But if stored fat and leptin remain stable over time, we are more easily satiated during and between meals. Now, of course, this is assuming we are properly nourishing ourselves with a well-balanced diet, but the leptin feedback loop works well to naturally regulate our energy expenditure and consumption until we disrupt it. If you have a diet filled with hyperpalatable, which is tasty and pleasurable, hyper-rewarding, highly processed foods, it can overthrow the brain's stop signals. This type of diet prevents leptin from doing its job of regulating our energy balance. Our brains love processed foods. That's because these foods provide a lot of energy without the nutrients to keep us feeling full. Over time, if we eat a lot of these foods consistently, we might even injure and inflame the parts of our brain that regulate our food intake and energy output. 
Now, you can't control your unique genetic makeup, your history of dieting, or your physiological response, but you can control your behaviors. So here are three simple steps you can take to help your natural appetite regulation system get back online and do its job better. One, eat more whole, fresh, minimally processed foods. Two, eat slowly and mindfully. And three, eat fewer processed, hyperpalatable foods. Recognize your body is a system. What you do today can affect what happens tomorrow. Your breakfast can change your dinner. So if you restrict food and nutrients with a fad diet that, quote, starts on Monday, you might find your body aggressively taking back its energy by Friday. So to sum it up from the eating standpoint, how you eat affects how your brain actually works in conjunction with the rest of your body's symptoms and will greatly influence your future actions when it comes to what and how much you eat. So exercise and eating healthy can significantly change your brain and actions and ultimately your future life. I know it's tough. I mean, we don't realize sometimes that there is so much that goes into what we think, how we think, and why we think a certain way. It can feel defeating sometimes, not knowing what you really should be doing or what's the best choice. So I always say, look at the science. Physical activity is cognitive candy. Healthy foods promote better body systems. All we have to do is move and eat healthy. Exercise makes your muscles and bones stronger. It improves strength and balance. It helps regulate your appetite, change your blood lipid profile, reduces your risk for more than a dozen types of cancer, improves the immune system, aids in mental health, and buffers against the toxic effects of stress. It also decreases your risk for heart disease, stroke, and diabetes by enriching your cardiovascular system. Okay, so what you do and learn in life physically changes what your brain looks like. It literally rewires it. So why not rewire it to your benefit? Why not rewire it to live the kind of life you really want? Make it easy. Make it easy by paying attention and surrounding yourself with things that push you towards the kind of change you really want and need. And you can do all of this just by exercising and eating healthy. Okay, guys, that's it for today. Go design a life you love by refocusing your attention and rewiring your brain to how you want to live. And thanks for joining me today.